right. Well, good to be back. Um, you may not recognize me because I'm not here with a bunch of men from Zambia, Africa. I've been here a couple times in the last five or six years with uh, a group of men called the Voices of Zambia who are recent graduates sometimes, sometimes current students at a school that Gospel Link has in Zambia, Africa called the uh, Ambassador International University. I need to turn this on. I'm going to use the PowerPoint. And I work, as John said, with a ministry. Kathy and I work with a ministry called Gospel Link. Where do I point this, guys? There we go. There's the name of our ministry, and one of our mottos is connecting the church globally to advance the gospel. And I'm going to talk more about Gospel Link during the Sunday school hour, or whatever you call it, after this. But if you've not heard of our ministry, on the table, there's a piece of literature like this. It's called the... Um, I guess it's just called Moving Together Forward. We used to call it the Gospel Link Advance, but it doesn't say that. But this is a publication that came out last year. We only do this publication once every other year or so. So it's kind of a report of all the different ministries that Gospel Link has around the world. And uh, one of our ministries that's really catching the attention of people these days is uh, we work with national church planting pastors in 15 different countries around the world. One of those is Ukraine. We work with 79 church planting families in Ukraine. And obviously, Ukraine's in the news a lot these days. And I would just ask you to pray for our work in Ukraine. In fact, I'm going to do that as I begin our message today. We have 79 pastors there, and uh, we know where about 70 of them are. But we have not heard from nine of those families since this war began. We don't know if they're alive. We don't know if they've gone on to glory. But uh, I do know that none of our families have left Ukraine. They've stayed there to share the gospel uh, with hurting uh, hopeless, scared people across Ukraine. I don't know if you know this about Ukraine. Ukraine is the largest missionary-sending nation in Europe. It's a strong church in Ukraine. It's been strong for a long time. Ukraine has sent many missionaries into Russia and other parts of Europe over the last 30 or 40 years. And uh, so it's a strong church, and uh, they're ready for the fight. And they're not leaving. They're there being the hands and feet of Jesus at this very, very difficult time. So would you join me as we pray for Ukraine together? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, the work of the gospel in the great nation of Ukraine. Uh, many of us perhaps didn't even know where Ukraine was uh, two months ago. But Lord, you've been hard at work there for hundreds of years. And uh, I thank you for the work of Gospel Link there. I pray for our 79 families that are your hands and feet there right now in a time of, of great danger and a great fear for so many. I pray they can be messengers of peace and messengers of hope, and messengers of stability. And Lord, that many would come to know you, as many times they do when there is war, and when there is uncertainty surrounding people, they look for hope, and they look for strength. And I pray that many will find it in the word of God, and in a personal relationship with you, our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So anyways, a little bit about our ministry. I'm going to share with you, as John said, uh, a message from John 15, and we just read through that. So I want to start with a question. When was the last time you lost something? And um, some of the most common things that people lose, uh, not only in America, but around the world, are TV remotes or cell phones. We never used to lose our phones. They used to be connected to a wall. They were impossible to lose 40 years ago. But today, uh, many times we misplace our cell phones, our car keys, our glasses, we usually find them on top of our head. I've done that before. Um, but when you, what was your reaction when you found it? When something is lost and you've been looking for it, whether it's been 
10 minutes or 10 hours or 10 weeks. Uh, when you find it, there's usually a, a reaction of relief. There's a reaction of, of some, some level of joy, some level of, of happiness or peace when you found something that was lost. And in the passage of Scripture that we're looking at today in Luke 15, that's exactly what's going on here, where the passage of Scripture was read in, in Luke 15, 1 to 10. And, um, and two things were lost. A lamb was lost by a shepherd, and he had a hundred sheep, and he knew where 99 of them were, and one of them was lost. And he left the 99, and he went to search for the one that was lost. And when he found it, the passage of Scripture says he put it over his shoulders, much like this photo on the screen, and he brought it back to the other 99 sheep. And uh, he found the other shepherds who were out looking for that lost lamb, and, and they rejoiced together that that lamb was found. And there was much rejoicing on the, on the hills of Judea somewhere that day when the shepherd found that sheep. And then he, Jesus told a story about a woman who had a piece of jewelry with 10 coins in it. Maybe it looked like this. Um, in biblical times, in, in America, when we ask someone to be our wife, a man asks a woman to be his wife, he oftentimes gives her a ring. And uh, this time in history, Many times the, the, the man gave a woman a necklace or a bracelet like this that would have had 10 coins in it. And uh, each coin would have been worth about one month wages. So 10 coins would have been worth 10 months wages. So it was a valuable coin that was lost, and she had searched for it. And the homes at this time in Judea were much like the homes that I visited. I just got back from Tanzania, Africa. I spent 45 days in Tanzania. I got back about two weeks ago. And... Uh, in Tanzania, not very many people have electricity out in the villages, and uh, when they build a home, because they don't want all the insects and everything to come in, they make the windows very small, and uh, only, just, only a little bit of sunlight gets into those homes until they have enough money to, to uh, put bars up and maybe some glass to keep all the, the insects that are found in Tanzania out. So when you go into a home in Tanzania, it's very, very dark inside that home, and the homes of Judea were probably a lot like that. They were Homes with no electricity. Inside the home, it was lit by a candle. There wasn't a light to turn on like we have today. And it was very dark. The floor uh, didn't have a nice carpet floor. It was probably a, a, a mud floor with mud bricks that had deep crevices that, that, that divided each of the bricks in the floor. And maybe the coin fell into one of those. And we don't know how long she looked for the coin that we read about in Luke 15. But she looked, and she searched, and... Uh, she told her other girlfriends that she had lost one of the coins out of, her, out of her wedding gift that her husband had given her, who knows how many years ago. But this was a, a piece of jewelry that was valuable monetarily, but also valuable emotionally for their relationship. Who knows how long she'd had it. And when she found the coin, there was great joy within her, and uh, she brought her other they called her. Now, you and I would think she picked up her cell phone and called her friends, but obviously they didn't have cell phones. So she went and found her, her lady friends, and they came together, and, and they rejoiced because they had found this lost coin. And uh, so those are the two stories that we see here in Luke chapter 15 that were read for us today. What I learned from this, a couple different things, is that Jesus came for men and women, boys and girls. The story of the shepherd and the lost sheep is very, very definitely given to relate to the men of that culture. Men were the shepherds, not the women. 
And uh, so that, that story that Jesus shared about a, a lamb being lost was a story that would have identified with all of the young men and any man in that culture. And the next story of the lost coin that was a part of a wedding gift, most likely for this woman, is a story that related very definitely with the, with the girls and the women of that culture. And uh, I believe Jesus told that story because he wants to relate to everyone. He wants to relate to men and women, boys and girls. He came because he wants to have a personal relationship with, with each person, and uh, each man, each woman, each boy, each girl. Jesus came to seek to reach everyone. Why? Why did he come to search us? Why did he come to find those who were lost? Well, when you're lost, you're in danger. You're out of place. You're out of service. You're not where you were intended to be. When you're lost, there's, there's all those emotions. There's fear. You're sometimes in danger. You're not where you intended to be. You're, you're, you're out of service. God created us to have a personal relationship with us. He created us to be in a place like this on Sundays where we fellowship with one another and we celebrate the, what we did last Sunday, the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, victory over death. That's a, that's a great story, but it's so much more um, joyful when it's shared with with a body. Uh, it's, it's great to read that story in our homes. I hope you read that story last week or the week before Easter. It's a great story to share with our wife and our children, but uh, there's a different level of joy, a different level of celebration that takes place when we come together as the body of Christ and, and read about the death and the burial and the resurrection of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ together in a group setting like we are today. So... Um, when you're found, you're now safe. You're out of danger. You're where God wants you to be, and you can be prepared for service. And when we come to Christ, we obviously know that life isn't perfect. I told you at the beginning of my time here that we have 79 pastors in Ukraine. They have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but they're in great danger today. Their lives are in danger every day, but they still have peace in the midst of danger because they they have a relationship with Christ. They have been found. They are not lost. Even though they're living in a dangerous time, they're not out of place. They, they, they're right in the hand of God. They know that they're in God's hand, and no one is going to be able to take them out of God's hand. And so when we come to Christ, when we're found, we're not promised a life of, of, of easiness. We're not promised a life of no trouble and no persecution and no danger. Uh, if you've known Christ for for even more than a few months, you know that to be true of your personal relationship with Christ. We walk through difficult times. I've, I've known Christ um, for about 43 years now. Christ has been my Savior for 43 years, and I've walked through uh, all kinds of emotional highs and lows and uh, tragedy and difficulty that I would have never thought I would have had to walk through. Um, but Jesus has been right there with me. He's walked beside me, even though I've walked through some I've walked through mental illness with one of, uh, Kathy and I have walked through mental illness with one of our children who suffers from bipolar illness. It's been very, very difficult for the last um, um, 13, 14 years for us. We've had many challenging years with him, but Christ has never left us. The body of Christ has never left us. Uh, when I came to Christ in 1979, I would have never thought that I would have had to walk through that journey of life. But God is there, and the body of Christ is there. And even though we are asked to walk through difficult things, um, 
we have, we have the comforter that walks with us, and we can, we can walk in some level of peace that we would have never been able to walk through when we were lost. Because I've been found, and my name is written in the book of life, and Jesus is my Savior. And um, this passage of Scripture in Luke 15 is, is all about that, that Jesus wants you to be found, and uh, he's searching for you. This passage of Scripture, a shepherd is searching for a lost lamb. The shepherd is out looking for that lamb. And Jesus is wanting all of us who are lost to be found because when we're found, we're, we're out of danger. We're, 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 we're where God wants us to be and we can be prepared for service. I also see four kinds of joy in this passage of Scripture and I want to talk at length about those now. The first one is when someone who is lost understands God's love and repents and is found. And then the second one, when the obedient servant sees someone repent, when, when you who know Christ tell someone else about Jesus and they understand the gospel for the first time and they receive it because you told them about it. Now, it was God's plan. God was searching for them, but God used you or God used me to tell someone about Christ and they understood it and they repented and they received. Then when other believers learn of someone's salvation, there's a third kind of joy. And then fourth, when the angels see someone who was lost and become found or saved. So let me read through this passage of Scripture one more time and see if you see these four kinds of joy in this passage of Scripture, because I see them very clearly. Luke 15, I'm going to start with verse 3, verses 3 to 10. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety and nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. So there's the, the sheep. I don't know if sheep have emotions. I raised a sheep in high school. They didn't seem to have much emotions. They're pretty dumb. But uh, the parable here is about a, about a person who is lost, not a sheep who is lost in, in its in its goal of, of the parable that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about people. And when someone who is lost has been found, we, Kathy and I have four children, and uh, when, when our children would walk around Walmart and get lost, and the announcer would say, you know, we have a child wearing this kind of clothing, and we would go to the customer service counter and find them, they were pretty happy to be found most of the time. <laughs> so, anyways... So when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, verse 5, verse 6, and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Verse 8, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the first kind of joy, when someone who is lost understands God's love and repents. And for me, that happened 43 years ago in March of 1979. I'd grown up in church. I'd been to church many, many times. 
but I hadn't repented. I hadn't asked Christ to be my Savior and to be my friend and to walk with me through the rest of every hour of my life until March of 1979. I was found by Christ in March of 1979. I've never been alone since. And Christ has walked with me all over the world through all kinds of difficulty, and he's never left me. And uh, even though I've had many challenges, there's been great joy, there's been great peace, and I would never want to turn back. This is a picture of me, and uh, I was in Tanzania just a few weeks ago, and uh, this was on the Sunday, I don't remember what, I think this would have been March 7th when this picture was taken, and uh, I had preached this very message that I'm preaching to you today. And at the end of my message, I said, you know, if you came to church today lost, Christ doesn't want you to go home lost. He wants you to go home found. And on this Sunday, eight people stepped forward and wanted Jesus to be their Savior. And they were found that day. Hallelujah. Veronica. Veronica's holding the little baby. She's the one on the, on the right side of the, of the picture there that you're looking at. Agnes next to her. Laura. Sophia. Happiness, Guraha, I mean, you can't see Edward and James because of the way the picture was taken. But there was great joy for me that day. I'm married. My wife is here. Kathy and I have been married almost 37 years. Um, the day I asked her to be my wife, was, there was a lot of joy in my life. God blessed us with four children, two sons and two daughters. And uh, I was privilege to be in the hospital when each of those children were born and when they were placed into my hands. There was great joy. Uh, Those were God's masterpieces of creation and artwork put into my hands. Um, Lots of joy, and I'm 59 years old, lots of joy in 59 years of life. But the greatest, greatest joys in my life are when I know that God has used me He's chosen me. He's used me to tell somebody else about Jesus. And they have repented, and they have begun a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I can't, that, that kind of joy is like going to the Grand Canyon. You can't explain it. I've been to Victoria Falls at the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe. That's, that's, that's an amazing thing that God made there. When God uses you to tell someone else about Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is in that conversation and an an eternal transaction takes place there where someone repents and their sins are forgiven past present and future and their names are now written in the lamb's book of life for the one that god used to do that there's there's joy there's humility there's awe there's i mean i it's just amazing that god has allowed me that joy here in here here in the united states and, and in different parts of the world to see people repent of their sins. But on this day, March 7th, 2022, for these eight people, there was joy for them. Their sins were forgiven, wiped off. Their their slates, they were clean, they were righteous. They were holy before God. And they still are that way today because Jesus is their advocate. Jesus is their representative before a holy God. And their sins have been forgiven. So there's, there's a, Go back one more. So there's joy when someone is lost and understands God's love and repents, and there's joy for the obedient servant when they see someone repent. And that was certainly true for me on, on March 7th of this year when I saw these eight people. 
uh, come at the front of the church and, and ask for Christ to be their Savior. Then when other believers learn of someone's salvation, there's great joy. And uh, that's often baptism. This is a picture that was taken a few years ago on a different trip that I took to Rwanda, Africa. But uh, this man had received Christ, and everybody you see in white had received Christ, not through me, through someone else. But I was there, and they wanted me to baptize these people. And they had dug a hole in the ground and laid some plastic tarps in the hole and filled it with water. And I'll tell you, that was a fast baptism because there was thunder and lightning that day. I remember, and I was in the water. <laughs> but there was rejoicing in this church today, not just for the one who received Christ, but for the whole body of Christ because they wanted to be baptized. They wanted, to, they wanted their community to know that Christ had redeemed them. And there was joy for the whole community. When the shepherd found that sheep, he shared that joy with the shepherds. When the woman found that lost coin, she called her lady friends, and they rejoiced together. When someone comes to Christ, they need to be introduced to the body of Christ. And they need to be uh, following in believers' baptism, and there's great rejoicing in the church on those days. And then, number four, when the angels see someone who is lost and become found or saved, it says there's a party in heaven. What does it say in verse 7? I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And then at the end of the second story there, verse 10, it says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Becoming a Christian is priceless. Does the way you live your life reveal the blessings that God has given to you? I just have a short list here. I think there's 10 things on this list. But if you go through the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, the book of Philippians, you could come up with probably 100 things that are yours if Christ is your Savior. Let me share with you some of my favorites. If you are in Christ, if Christ is your Savior, forgiveness of sins forever is yours, past, present, and future. You are now called a child of God, a son or a daughter of the King. You are promised heaven with no doubts. Heaven is your destination when you die. Nothing can separate you from God. And Satan is a liar. He is a deceiver. He tries to make you doubt that promise. He tries to, to make you think that you can. But no one can separate you from God when you've asked Christ to be your Savior. No one can take you out of the hand of God. You are holy. When Christ is your Savior, God sees holiness. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your sins. He doesn't see your failures. He sees the blood of Christ. He sees that you are holy. When Christ is your Savior, you can speak with God anytime, any place, anywhere. The one who created every star in the sky that we see on a cloudless night, he wants, to, he wants you to call out to him. He knows your name. Satan cannot defeat you if Christ is your Savior. Unending peace is yours. Unending grace is yours. Unending hope is yours if Christ is is your savior. If you have been found by the shepherd who is out there searching for you, those things are yours. 
Does the way you live your life reveal the blessings that God has given to you? Oftentimes they don't. Oftentimes we are deceived by, the, by Satan, the great deceiver, the one who has come to, to kill and to steal and destroy. And we, sometimes we, even as followers of Christ, we were deceived by his lies. But we, we are, have so many promises in Christ. Who are you seeking? Who are you praying for to be found? If you are already a follower of Christ, if you know him as your Savior, are you praying for a neighbor? Are you praying for someone that you go to work with? Are you praying for someone that you sit next to at your school? All of us should have people that we're praying for by name that our lives intersect with on a regular basis, locally, right here in your community. So who are you praying for to be found by the gospel of Christ? Everyone matters to God, and we should never give up. Um, Kathy and I have four children. Two of them follow Christ and have a vibrant relationship with Christ. Two of them don't. You know, we're never going to stop praying for them. We want them to be found. We have neighbors that, that we pray for on a regular basis. Who are you praying for? Everyone matters to God. Never give up. Have you been found? I pray you have, but in a group this large, maybe you came to church today. I came to church for 16 years, and I wasn't found. Some folks that come to church on Sunday mornings haven't been found. They don't know Christ. He's not their Savior. They haven't asked him to be the forgiver of their sins. If that's you, don't go home lost today. As I preached on March 7th in Ukarewe, Tanzania, and those eight people came forward to receive Christ. And on, on a different Sunday, 12 others I had the joy to see 20 people come to Christ last month in Tanzania, Africa. But uh, I'd love to go home today knowing someone today came here lost but went home found by the gospel of Christ. And uh, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to have John, Pastor John Holmes pray for you or one of your other deacons or elders in the church here pray for you. But don't, if you came today, it's not an accident that I'm here. God wanted you to be found. And uh, he wants to be the forgiver of your sins. He wants you to go home rejoicing. He wants you to go home with a peace and a joy and have these things that I've just explained to you that are yours and so much more are yours in Christ Jesus. God desires that all peoples know his salvation. There are 7.4 billion people alive in the world today. Six billion of them do not know Christ as their Savior. Now, they've, many of those have heard, they just haven't yet received. Like, Kathy and I have two children that um, their lives just don't seem to illustrate that they have a personal relationship with Christ. Um, they've heard the gospel. They grew up in my home. Uh, I was a pastor or a missionary all of my life that they've been alive. They've heard the gospel many times. Three billion have never heard the gospel. Three billion have never heard the name of Jesus. Three billion people around the world have never met a pastor, have never seen a Bible, and, and for many of them have never met someone that's a Christian, or if they have, they haven't professed the gospel to them yet. Three billion, that's, all. that's a large, large number. Um, I oftentimes tell an illustration, and I can't remember what time I'm supposed to be done. What time am I supposed to be done? 10.30 or so we got plenty of time, we're, we're good. Let me tell you this illustration, and if I've told it before, forgive me, but what does a billion people look like? That's a huge, huge number. 
We don't often think in, in billions in America. We think in tens and hundreds because that's our currency. We don't, we don't have a billion-dollar bill. What does a billion look like? If I was to, to line up a billion people, single file, and not tell them the whole story of the gospel, but just tell them the name Jesus, that's all. Because that's how many people have never heard the name of Jesus. There's three billion people alive on earth right now that have never heard the name of Jesus. They've never seen a Bible. They've never met a missionary. Um, if you would tell them, you would ask them, do you, have you, do you know anything about Jesus? They would say, no, never heard of him. If I lined up three billion people, single file, and just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And every time I said the name Jesus, one person stepped out of line, and the next person stood right here in front. And I just said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know how long it would take me to tell three billion people individually the name Jesus? No stories about him, none of his miracles, not even Jesus Christ, just Jesus. It takes about one second to say the name of Jesus. It would take me over 34 years to say the name of Jesus three billion times. It's a long time. It's a long time. That's why we all need to be obedient to tell our neighbors about Jesus. Because when we tell our neighbors about Jesus, and, and if, if, if God wants them to be found, then they tell their neighbors about Jesus. We can reach the world for Christ. But the... And God desires that all the villages, all the tribes, all the languages be reached. They all be found. But there are 3 billion that have never heard. There are 6,500 people groups in the world today that are considered unreached. There's no church in their people group. There are 2,000 languages in the world spoken today without one verse of the Bible yet translated into their language. And it's been 2,000 years since Jesus came and rose and left after 40 days of walking on the earth and has been at the right hand of the Father. And he gave us the great commission in Matthew 28 and in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and so many other parts of the Bible. 2,000 years have come and gone. And uh, many more people know Christ today. But there's, there's a growing percentage of people that, that don't have a personal relationship with Christ. And uh, there's so many that have never heard of Christ. They're lost. And the, the only plan God has for them to hear is the Word of God and you and me. If you read the Bible, he's not going to share the gospel with them. If they look at the stars, they're going to know there's a God. You can't look at creation and not know that there's a supreme being that put this together, that it wasn't an accident. But that's not going to tell them the gospel. It's going to tell them there's someone greater than them out there that created this world. But for them to understand the gospel, to hear the name of Christ, and to understand that there's this one who gave up his life and shed his blood for them, that takes someone telling them, how did you come to know Christ? I came to know Christ because a, a guy named Richard Nickel, who was my pastor in California where I grew up, modeled it for me. He got under my 1972 Chevy El Camino and helped me fix it. Even though I heard him preach sermons in church, it took getting his hands dirty with me to understand that Jesus is my Savior. And it took someone telling me, sitting beside me and telling me about Jesus to 
understand that, even though I had sung songs and gone to Sunday school for 16 years. Someone had to say, Willie, do you want to receive Christ as your Savior? And in March of 1979, I said, yes, I want to do that. And uh, God has, by his grace and his mercy, uh, used me to tell thousands of other people in the last 43 years about him. But he also wants to use you. He wants you to have that joy of leading someone who was lost to be found by the gospel of Christ. And the only way these people are going to hear is if we share the gospel. The only way you heard the gospel is because somebody shared it with you. And uh, God wants you, if you know Christ as your Savior, he wants you to share the gospel with others as well. The ministry I work with is 24 years old. Kathy and I have been with the ministry for 22 of those 24 years, so almost its entirety. We partner with 1,250 church planting pastors in 15 different nations around the world. In those 24 years, we've had the great joy to see 7 million boys and girls, men and women, ask Jesus to be their Savior. It's amazing. It's not because Willie Hunter's great. It's because God's great. And for whatever reason, God's favor is on this ministry. We've seen those 1,250 pastors start 40,000 churches in 15 nations, 16 nations around the world. We used to work in Russia. We had to pull out of Russia a few years ago because of all the challenges there, but uh, we've had to close up shop in some countries because the world's a difficult place. Not everyone's receptive to the gospel that, that's in power. These are the nations where we work, and uh, we work in eight countries in Africa, Rwanda, DR Congo, Ethiopia, Rwanda are my areas of responsibility. I'm the East Africa director for Gospel Link, and those are the nations that I travel to regularly to oversee. We also work in Malawi, Mozambique, Zambia, Zimbabwe. In Asia, we work in Cambodia, India, Nepal, Vietnam. And in Europe, we just started working in the Republic of Georgia a few years ago. We have some amazing, we have six missionaries in the Republic of Georgia. Two of them are Georgian, two of them are Indian. One of them is Syrian, and one of them is from Iraq. And they're a missionary team reaching people in the mountains of the Republic of Georgia. Work in Kazakhstan, work in Ukraine. This is Pastor Isaac Sui. This is a, one of our church planting families in Tanzania that I had the privilege to meet last month when I was there. He lives in the, in the uh, Arusha Moshi area where the beautiful Mount Kilimanjaro, tallest mountain in Africa is. And... Uh, he serves there with his wife. His wife's name, didn't have it when I put the slide together, but his wife's name is Rebecca, and that's his daughter, Deborah. And uh, he has a son that can't be in that picture. His na the son's name is Hosea, and his son and, and, uh, and Deborah are twins. And I don't remember how old they are, but I think they're 22, 23 years old. Hosea can't walk. Hosea's legs have never worked. He was born crippled, and he spends... 24 hours a day in a bedroom in this house where I took this picture. He can't talk. Uh, but I had the privilege to go into that room and pray for him. Pastor Isaac knows Christ, but he, you know, he, he's got great difficulty. Uh, uh, he's had many, many challenges uh, in his life, but he loves Jesus, and he's told many about Christ. Gospel Link tries to provide funds to help our pastors with daily needs as well as for training and, and ministry and their families and their churches. Our goal is to raise $200 a month for each one of those church planting pastors in 15 countries around the world. 
Pastor Isaac Suey has been with us for over 10 years. He's done a great job. He currently has $110 a month of that $200 that people help him with. But we're trying to find another $90 for him. And uh, so I gave you a brochure as you came in today. Uh, do you have that? If you want to help him, he's a great guy to help. Uh, you can help with $20 a month or more. But I'd love to go home t today and see him fully supported. But that's up to you. I'm not going to twist your arm. But this is a pastor I met last month who has served the Lord for over 30 years. He served with Gospel Link for over 10. And he, I didn't know it, but uh, he's short $90 a month. We, our goal is to get each pastor to $200 a month. That's full support for one of our church planting families in 15 countries around the world. It's full-time support. And he's got 110 right now. He needs 90 more. And uh, if you support him, you'll develop a relationship with him. You'll, you'll get a letter from him four times a year. He'll tell you about, his, he'll tell you about Hosea. He'll tell you about Deborah. Deborah's in university. Uh, she wants to be a pharmacist. And uh, he'll tell you about his church and different people that come to Christ. He leads over 100 people to Christ every year. God really has a beautiful ministry there in Arusha. This is Pastor Joseph Masanze, another Gospel Link preacher that I've known for about 20 years now. He lives in Iringa, or Mafinga, Tanzania, but in the area of Iringa. And uh, this is his beautiful wife. His wife's name is Z Zaina, and uh, he has five children. I guess they're in that picture there. Three of them are in that picture. The other two are off at school. This was, just take, this was taken on Easter Sunday, so this is a, a real current picture of Joseph Masanze. He lives in a rural area, a small town called Mafinga, Tanzania. And uh, this is a picture of a young man that he's trained for ministry. The guy there in the, in the purple coat with the blue shirt is a pastor that he has discipled. And uh, they planted a church, and the church meets right there in that little shelter next to that house. Small group. Most of our churches are in Tanzania are less than 100. Many of them are less than 30 people. But uh, Pastor Masanze is led Patrick to Christ and trained him, and this is the site of Igowali Church, started in June of last year. And uh, he has $145 a month raised, but we're still trying to find another $55 a month for Pastor um, Joseph Masanze and his family. And the same thing, if you choose to help him, you can fill out the registration form on the back of this little brochure, or you can just come talk to my wife or I at the end of the service. And uh, we'll tell you how you can do that. You'd get a letter from him four times a year. You can write letters to him and develop a personal relationship with him. So the Sui family needs $90 a month. The Masanze family needs $55 a month. And uh, as I get ready to close here, there's a prayer card on the back of the table that has my picture and Kathy's picture on it. We've been here, I think, three or four times, and some of you know us well. If you not ever gotten one of our prayer cards. We have plenty on the table. We'd, we'd love to be prayed for. And uh, if you'll take that and put it on your bedroom mirror or wherever you pray for people, put it in your Bible. We'd love for you to start praying for us. Uh, we love this church. We've been here. We know some of you well. And it's fun to be back. Believers in Gospel Link working together to tell the world about Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm going to close with a, a slideshow that's going to start here in just a minute. It's going to have a song that's, uh, I don't even know who the singer is. I'm not very good at names and songs, but it's a song that used to be on the radio, Christian radio, a number of years ago. It's about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and there's going to be pictures that come on the screen that I've taken. Uh, some of them are from my trip that I just came home from. Some of them are from previous trips, but just ask you to listen to the words to this song, and... Um, 
And if God wants you to come and, and step to the table and be a part of Gospel Link, come talk to us. If you came to church today lost, please don't go home lost. Christ wants you to be found. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your closest friend. And if he's not that in your life, please come talk to myself or Kathy or to Pastor John or Donna or someone else that's a leader in this church. We'd love to help you be found by the gospel of Christ.